Hello and welcome to Let It Be, a podcast about less doing and more being. This is episode 34. So Brooke, we have a bit of a weird podcast topic today. We're going to be talking about introversion, which might seem like a bit of a strange thing to cover, especially as it apparently excludes, I don't know, 66% of the population or something like that but I am keen to talk about it because you and I are both introverts and I suspect most people would be surprised to hear that I don't know about you I am I'm a mega super extreme as far down the scale as you can get introverts so introversion and extroversion are kind of on a continuum and I'm like way down the (laughs) introvert end of the continuum and um People who don't know me well are always really surprised to find that out. I think maybe because people think that introverts don't speak Mm -hmm. or can't have conversations. Have you found the same? Yeah, I have. And where are you on the scale? Like, I've never done like a test or anything like that to to put plot my position on the the continuum. (laughs) But I suspect it was pretty pretty introverted. I'll often describe things to people or explain why I feel a certain way or do a certain thing or don't do a certain thing. And they're like, wow, that's pretty (laughs) intense. (laughs) But I don't appear introverted, you know, stereotypically Mm. introverted because I don't, I'm not particularly shy. So I always got the two mixed up for a long time, particularly as a teenager. And it wasn't until I realized that they're different things, like completely different things. And you can be one and not the other, uh, or you can be both. And it wasn't until I realized that, you know, introverts, for me anyway, the, the, the most important part about introversion is that I get my energy from being alone and from quiet time, you know. Whereas I think extroverts often get energy and they, they feel revitalized by spending time with people. And that drains me. Not that I don't enjoy it, not that I don't like people, but I need the exact opposite (laughs) to kind of recharge my batteries. Someone, I was talking to a couple uh, over the weekend actually, and she's quite introverted and her husband is not at all. (laughs) And I was explaining what my ideal day would be. Like if someone gave me 24 hours to do whatever I wanted, (laughs) like I would go to a hotel, book in, and not leave the room for 24 yeah. hours. I would read a book. I would do some writing. I might watch a movie. I'd drink lots of tea. I'd order room service. It would. That is just a joy to me. I never get a chance to do it, of course, but like that is what I would do. And it's just that would recharge me completely. Whereas, you know, hanging out with friends and stuff is lovely. But it, I do, I get to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm all out. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, one of my friends was telling me because obviously I'm exactly the same. Like, yeah, I love I love people. Um, my p- particular personality type, my INFJ personality type, loves people. Um, and it's like, so I've got like this kind of at war personality type because my introverted side um, likes likes alone time to recharge, but my F side likes people. Mm. So they're kind of against each other. And then I've got this my N and my J are also a little bit at war too. But um. Yes, I love being around people, but like one of my friends was telling me, she's like, when, when, whenever we're out with a group of people, there's always a point in the time where you just get tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can see that you just withdraw into yourself. So you would have been chatty and having fun and it's great and enjoying yourself. And then at some point you just run out of energy and then that's it. You just kind of shrink back into yourself and you're, like, you're done. <laughs> yeah, I know that and feeling. Like, yes. 
that, yeah, if I'm out and I can't leave wherever I am, that's when I disappear into the bathroom. Yes. (laughs) That's what I do at conferences. People are like, how do you survive at conferences? I'm like, I spend a lot of time in the bathroom. Like I just have these little five-minute timeouts in the toilet just to recharge a little bit. When nobody's looking at me, nobody's trying to talk to me, I'm not trying to be my best self for anybody. I'm just, just in a quiet place. Alone. And I laugh at your um, perfect day because, like, my perfect work day, um, and I'm not getting those anymore because my circumstances has changed, but, like, um, when we were in our old house, every Thursday things had conspired to give me nine unbroken hours at home by myself. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Like, I'd, I'd finished the end of that nine-hour day and I did just about high on just high on happiness of alone time and no one talking to me and it's really interesting to me and I think I remember telling Joel Zaflosky this on his podcast like seven hours for me doesn't give me that effect but nine hours of alone which for most people would be a nightmare like what do you mean not talking to anybody for nine hours I'd be terrible (laughs) um but for me it's just like the most amazing thing in the world and I'm just now trying to think where do I get that nine-hour block again? Because that nine-hour block just once a week was huge for me. And I suspect there's any introverts, I suspect there are a lot of introverts listening in. Yeah, I feel like they would be. <laughs> if you're not ever getting like I think for most of us, certainly going back a little bit, like five or six years for me, like I just about never got any alone time other than, say, going for a run or being in the shower, you know, which is nice. But not enough, especially if you're a person that really gets high on nine hours by themselves. <laughs> yeah, totally. When my kids were little, uh, up until really this year when they're both now at school, I didn't have that much. I mean, over the years it became just gradually became more, you know, as, as one started preschool and then, uh, you know, the other started preschool and started school. And I, I got a little bit more and more. But this year is the first year in a long time where I've had any kind of stretch of of alone time other than something that I've created for myself you know I might take myself off to the library for a couple of hours or something like that but it's yeah and it's I'm busier this year I've got more on you know we started a, a company this year and all these other projects but I actually feel more recharged in that capacity than I have in a long time yeah I just think we underestimate those of us who are introverts underestimate our need all that alone time we think and I've spoken about this in just in terms of like me time and stuff before but we think of it as a bit of a luxury when actually it's a really key element of us being able to function well as human beings yeah um, which and, when you've got a young family or a really yeah. demanding job it's that's tough it's really tough to either carve it out or come up with strategies that allow you to not freak out if you don't have it yeah yeah, I remember um, when I was really heavily deep in my business. So we were working in an open plan office. <laughs> I know. <laughs> there was an open plan office. I was, you know, surrounded by three staff. I was taking all the client meetings. I was doing so. I was constantly interacting with my staff, constantly interacting with our clients, interacting with suppliers and stuff. And so every single day I was just getting home and I was so, so shattered. Mm. And then, of course, you're at home, you've got a child that wants your attention and he's only seeing you after work, so he needs that attention. But And then, of course, your husband loses out because you're like, I just say I've got nothing left. <laughs> for it. I don't have anything left for myself, much less for you. So 
you know, just deal. And it's just not the way to be. And so you do need to somehow carve out those times where you, you know, need, where you can find that real recharge time. And I think you and I have spoken how, like, if you just get gifted, like, this kind of two-hour slot on the weekend or something where everybody's out of the house for whatever reason and you get to just potter around the house and do housework, and that does not sound like recharge time, but it totally is because no one's talking to you. Absolutely. (laughs) Or needing your attention or anything, And and you get to choose to do whatever you want for two whole hours, and it's amazing. And I think we do need to find these times as a priority rather than thinking, oh, well, you know, this is just my life and I don't get to have that time and that's just too bad for me. And it's kind of like, well... That's underselling, you know, it's not, it's doing yourself a disservice. It's not allowing yourself to be your best self if you can't, you, mm. know, you won't allow yourself to find that time. And I think it's also about having the language, you know, to be able to to tell people, explain to people why you're not going out for drinks or why you're just going to have a quiet weekend without feeling like you're doing something weird. Like you you're know. a complete loser. Yeah. To me, it's a very valid reaction or choice to say oh no I'm staying home on Friday night just because I want to because I like being by myself (laughs) but in a lot of instances that's weird or people worry if you're depressed or you know struggling with something not at all yeah (laughs) just like being alone well this is the message message I got growing up I had um, a very extrovert sociable mum and so my predilection for not wanting to have friends over on the weekend um, or wanting to spend time just reading, like going up to other people's houses and just reading or just not wanting to be around people all the time. Um, like the message I got quite strongly, like this was a massive, massive flaw that I needed to overcome and I needed mm. to do something about. So I have spent my whole life trying to be more extroverted, to be that person that likes going to parties, likes going to pubs, likes, you know, heavy interaction with lots and lots of people and I've and I've always been very down on myself for not enjoying those things and wondered like what what is wrong with me that I don't enjoy these things and then I read I saw Susan Cain's TED talk Susan Cain's the author of Quiet the Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking and then I, shortly after I saw her TED Talk, and it's interesting, I watched the TED Talk with Ant, and Ant's kind of like an ambivert, like he's right on in the middle of the spectrum. So he's not a true introvert like me. And he kind of saw that TED Talk and he was like, oh, I understand you so much better now, <laughs> Kelly, mm-hmm. having having watched that. And, and then I read her book and I came away from reading that book going, oh, so this way that I am is not this massive personality flaw that needs to be eradicated. Like this is actually a completely valid way of being. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I think was, that's really helpful, stupid. no. You know, it sounds stupid, but that was actually really life-changing for me because then, as you said, I then kind of then developed the language to be able to go. So like I would go to a conference and it, and there would be an after party for that conference. And, of course, you're like, so everyone's going to the after party and everyone's like, see you at the after party. And I'd be like, yeah, see you there, can't wait. Whereas in my head I'm going, this is the last thing I want to do. I've just spent eight hours interacting with people and being my best self and I'm freaking exhausted and I can't think of anything worse than doing that for another three hours. <laughs> but, you know, that's what I would do. And then once I'd kind of read Susan's book and seen the TED Talk, then all of a sudden I could go, 
you know what? Like, I'm not going to the party. I'm all peopled out, you know, from from the conference. I'll see you at breakfast tomorrow morning. And people are like, oh, yeah, okay, no worries. Whereas before, I would have just felt really uncool doing that, so I wouldn't have done it. But now I can do it and I feel like I can stand behind it. And I think when you're able to stand behind it, people also are much more accepting of it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. When you can give a reason, say, well, that's why I'm not doing this, and people are okay, cool. Yeah, instead of going, oh, that's I fine. Just oh, I just don't feel like it. And people are like, yeah. oh, okay, you're a bit pain. Mm, or are you okay? Something yeah. Like that. yeah. Yeah. It's that question. <laughs> yes. It like sums up my teenager <laughs> years. Are you okay? Something wrong? You're really quiet. I'm like, are you angry at me? No, that's just my face. Wait, you know, I, I just was accused of being stuck up or aloof or a snob or a bitch. I'm like, honestly, I'm fine. I'm just not talking right now, and that's just what my face looks like. Believe <laughs> <laughs> me, one person, and that's it. We were um, we were talking because I too have um kind of had this accusation of maybe being a little bit too good for other people leveled at me (laughs) and it's and do you know what it is so okay here's the thing introversion and shyness do not necessarily go hand in hand Mm -hmm. but I am both of those things and I can confirm that it's a really bad combination (laughs) so I'm a quiet person already I don't love interacting in large groups of people but shyness which is a social anxiety the way that presents in me is that I find it really difficult to make the first move. So if you are standing with me and you don't say something to me first and you're relying on me to say something first, it's not going to happen. And then I look really, really, and then depending on the situation, I can look either incredibly aloof and unapproachable or I can look really stuck up and like I'm too good to talk to you. And it's terrible because... I can tell you five situations in my life where I've gone, okay, Kelly, come on. If you're shy and maybe that person is shy too, one of you has to make the first move because otherwise you're just going to stand here in in silence. So come on, Kelly, you do it. And I've made the first move and been completely rebuffed. Oh, (laughs) oh, that's the worst. It's the worst. And I can tell you it's happened to me five times to the point where I just can't do it anymore. I just can't make that first move. So I'm just throwing it out there that if anybody ever sees me out in public and you approach me and then stand in front of me and don't say anything, it's going to be really awkward. (laughs) You just have to say something. And the thing is that if someone approaches me and speaks to me, then then it's like a tap is open and I can talk to you for hours. But, yeah, for whatever reason – I just can't make that first move. It's something I've tried so hard to overcome and then all those times that I've overcome it, I've like not got positive feedback from it. So it's now gotten to the point where I'm like, I'm just not doing it anymore. That's so uh, – it's not It's not funny. Like I'm sorry that that happened to you. <laughs> I think for me, I, I, I when you when you describe what shyness is, like, oh, yeah, no, that's me. But in public or potentially uncomfortable situations like a conference or a networking thing, for example, which the idea of makes my whole body shrivel up into itself. Um, I don't come across as shy. And I think I've just trained myself over the years to just go for it. And I I haven't had bad, I haven't had bad sort of results from that, which I think is the only reason why, because in my head, if I'm talking to someone, 
Like, do I have something in my teeth? Are they laughing at me? Does this person really bored with what I'm saying? Like, I really just yeah. go to town on myself. But somehow I've managed to overcome that in a lot of situations. Other times I will walk into a room and I will walk straight through the middle to the toilets. Yeah. <laughs> Not come out for 20 minutes. Like, that has happened a lot. <laughs> so I, I don't have it nailed by any by any stretch of the imagination, but... I think I've been able to at least tap into that and appear more self-possessed than I feel, you know. And yeah. I think, but I think the flip side of that is sometimes I look a little too steely and, you know, she's quite happy standing over there with her arms crossed glaring at everyone, <laughs> which I'm really not. Um, it's just my face. No, it's funny. It's that whole thing where you're overthinking it while you're talking to someone. This is, <laughs> here's what I do in a conversation with someone I don't know very well. And this is, it makes a difference. If it's someone that I do know very well, I'm very relaxed and chatty and it looks like, and then if you are not someone I know very well and I start talking with you, here's what's happening in my head. I'm thinking, oh my God, do they really want to be talking to me? Are they looking over my shoulder? Do they actually want to be talking to someone else? Should I just let them go? Am I actually adding any value to their life with this conversation? What can I say that will add value to their life? <laughs> it's just... It's excruciating. But my expectation is, is unless I know you very well and I know you definitely want to be speaking to me, my expectation is that you're talking to me until you have a better option. Yeah, and then oh, you'll yeah. take that better option. <laughs> and so I'm trying to be a better option. Like it's just really difficult. And, of course, Anne, like I tell this to Anne and he just looks at me like, what the actual hell, Kelly? Like, of course, no wonder you can't do anything. Like, what kind of ridiculous pressure is that to put on yourself? Add value to someone's life? Like, <laughs> like just, no biggie. Just have a conversation for God's sake. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, why would they talk to me if I'm not adding value to their life? So I need people to text me or um, not text me, um, tweet me and tell me if they have these same ridiculous expectations of themselves. In conversations, shy people specifically. You could be a shy extrovert or a shy introvert. Doesn't matter. I just want to hear if this is how your shyness manifests or how how it does manifest. Otherwise, because I'm so interested to hear how it it comes out in other people. Because the way that it manifests for me is quite excruciating. And it, I've it sounds it. <laughs> it's like my version of your mean girl. I think. yes, that's what I was just thinking. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> she just she just won't let up. No, it's just it's terrible. So there's this, yeah, I'm trying to have a conversation while this whole other secondary conversation is going on in my head, all the while expecting that you're going to now want to go talk to someone else and how we're going to manage that point where you go, oh, I'm just going to go talk to someone else. And I try to get in early by going, oh, look, I just need to go to the toilet. Sorry about that. I'll talk to you later. Bye. (laughs) Actually, the point of like separation in a conversation at a networking event is pretty horrible. It's pretty horrible because you don't want to leave the other person feeling like you don't want to talk to them anymore because you've just had a conversation. But you also don't want to be the one who's like left hung out to dry and go, I've just spotted someone who I really want to have a conversation with. Thanks for talking to me. Bye. Uh, Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's actually really awful it's kind of mind for us because we've got pro blogger coming up i know so we're kind of like let's work ourselves into a frenzy ahead of time shall we (laughs) i've got a few years of of strategies under my belt and um you know if all else fails bathroom break i actually want to uh recommend an instagram account for people who who are listening to this and not thinking that we're insane people (laughs) so people who kind of get it 
I feel like you'd enjoy this Instagram account. It's Gemma Carell. So Gemma with two M's. I'll put it in the show notes. But she's a pretty hardcore introvert and she, she just sketches all these hilarious introvert tropes and isms and there's one that makes me laugh every time I look at it it's called real life horror movies and one is the phone call and the unexpected guests and those people over there who are laughing you know yeah (laughs) attack Um, of the overly chatty waiter (laughs) so she just gets it I'm like Gemma is my people (laughs) I guess like what you know? How do we bring this back to the actual topic of our podcast, which is you know more doing, uh, more being, and less doing? And I guess the message I want to get across to people, and the thing that kind of changed my life, is that whole self acceptance thing. Yes, so and awareness. Know, if you are a fellow introvert, and and extroverts will say the same thing. They will say that they are gloriously misunderstood as well. Like they're the ones at the conference who are overly chatty and they're they're thinking to themselves oh my god am I too much am I over the top is this person is this quiet person in front of me just going get away from me (laughs) and just quietly know the quiet person is saying thank god for you that's what the quiet filling this space with conversation thank you for talking and being that person that I can't be that's what the introvert is thinking um but yeah I think it's really important to not try to fight these things that you are and try to work with them instead. And yeah, the day that, yeah, certainly when I read Susan Cain's book and came to realize that, yeah, I just didn't have this massive personality flaw instead. This is just the person that I am. I need to honor that person. Not so much pander to it because it's easy to pander to my yeah. introversion and shyness and use those as excuses to not do things. So every so often I do force myself out of my comfort zone to do something like I wouldn't ordinarily do. But I do that so that when I do make the choice, the very intentional choice to, you know what, I'm not going to go to that dinner because I just don't, like say on a Friday night after a long week and it's uh, dinner with the mums from school. Mums from school who are all awesome, lovely people that I love chatting with. But say by Friday night, like I'm just exhausted and interaction is hard for me then I can make that really conscious decision to go you know what I'm not going to go to that dinner because I just I'm going to struggle to be my best self and I'm going to struggle to interact the way that I want to but you know I will catch up with them after school one day when the kids are in the playground so you know I think it's just knowing your energy levels honoring your energy levels not letting it put a ceiling on your behavior but just being more intentional with how you kind of go about yeah I think that's really good advice I think just being aware of ourselves and the way we operate not and you know that I am not big for labeling and I think that they can be restrictive uh, if we allow them to be but I think understanding that there's a reason that you feel like that and there's nothing wrong uh, you know or less normal or anything like that it's just understanding accepting being aware of what works for you and what doesn't and when you do that when I when I tap into my my introverted self and say okay I actually really do just need some quiet time some non-people time I'm better in general you know I'm far more engaged in life like I'm not you know to tap into last week's conversation not feeling resentful of not getting that thing that I need so much I'm just far more present and mindful and aware and happy and and there you know for everyone so I think it's 
absolutely worth exploring first of all and then figuring out what does and doesn't work for you definitely and I guess the one thing I will say that also this learning about myself better what it's made me a better it's made me a better parent to my kids so one of my kids is very introverted and the other is very extroverted and it's actually made me a better parent to both of them so I'm mm. very aware that so with my introvert son like I remember like he would go when he would go to parties when he was younger like all the kids would go that way and he would go the other way to start with. And I remember thinking, like, if this was me when I was a kid, I would have had my mum going, Kelly, get yeah. over there with the other kids. What are you doing? Why are you going over there by yourself? Whereas with Jaden, when he would do that, I would just let him do it. And then he would just eventually find his way over to the other kids in the end. But I never forced him to do it. And I just found it interesting how he would go that way by himself and then find his way gradually to them you know, in the end. So I've been very um, conscious of, yeah, honouring, like when he says I need, and he now, like he uses the language, he's like, mum, I'm just going upstairs to my room because I just need a bit of quiet time. And I'm like, yeah. totally get that. And then same with Mia. So Mia is just this rampant extrovert, which I have no <laughs> idea where she came from. But, you know, I look at her and I go, it would be so easy for me to be going, Mia, can you just calm down? Can you just be quiet? Can you just tone it down a little bit? And then instead, like, the acceptance of knowing myself means that I am accepting of her being the way that she is. And I keep have to remind myself, don't crush her spirit. Don't crush her spirit. Like, this is how <laughs> she is. She's, she's full on little girl. Um, and I just let her be full on. And I love being able to do that. I love having, the, I guess, the knowledge and the ability to let her be herself. You know, both my kids be themselves, even though me is very different to Jaden and I. Mm. I think that's really important. Thank you for listening to this episode of Let It Be. If you want to connect with Kelly or myself, you can find us on social media. Kelly is at Kelly Exeter on Twitter and on Facebook. If you search for A Life Less Frantic, you will find her there. And on uh, Twitter, I'm at Brooke McCallery. And on Facebook, I'm at Slow Your Home. And uh, if you wanted to either reach out to us on Twitter, you can use hashtag letitbepod or uh, head over to letitbe.fm and you can find our show notes and other information about the show. And finally, if you wanted or felt, you know, the desire to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, that would be wonderful. And, um, you know, we, we read them all and we appreciate you taking the time to listen and then uh, tell us what you think. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.